Maybe I want us to worship more. Amen. Amen. What did we talk about last week? Sorry? Being a blessing to your church. A story, before I go on, a story is told, I don't know if it's true or not. A pastor wanted to buy a horse. And he went to the ranch, the guy, the owner, to buy, to look, expect the, the horse and buy one. So he finds one, jumps onto it. Then the owner tells him, if you want the horse to start moving, you say, praise the Lord. Because he thought it was the normal, yeah, move, move. It wasn't moving. So he was told. So the horse was moving. Then he was told that if you want the horse to stop, you say, thank you, Lord. So he decided to go for a particular horse. Took the horse home. So he wanted to go for a ride. So praise the Lord. The horse started moving. Moving, moving. Then as the horse was moving, the horse saw a rattlesnake. <laughs> so the horse panicked. So started increasing the pace. It was going fast. The pastor said, wow. If the horse hears wow, it will increase the space faster. And because it saw a rattlesnake, it was heading towards a cliff. <laughs> so it was, I mean, fast, very fast. So what's the stop I'm called? Thank you, Lord. So the horse stopped just at the edge. Thank you, Lord. And you looked up. Praise the Lord. <laughs> And the horse took off again. Amen. We, I just want to reiterate or go over what we said last week. Let's read two of our main key scriptures. Proverbs 6. This is where if you don't have a Bible, you are in trouble. Hmm. Proverbs 6. These days, there's no excuse. You have a Bible on your phone. People don't like the physical one. So it should be on our phone. Proverbs 6, 16 to 19. It reads, These six things the Lord hates. I'm reading from the Amplified Classic. Indeed, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look. The spirit that makes one overestimate himself and underestimate others. A lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood. 18. A heart that manufactures wicked thoughts and plans. Feet that are swift in running to evil. Verse 19. A false witness who breathed out lies even under oath. And he who sows discord among brethren or friends. Then I want us to go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 12, 18. 1 Corinthians 12, 18. But as it is, God has, I think it might be loud, God has placed and arranged the limbs and organs in the body. Each particular one of them, just as he wished and saw fit and with the best adaptation. 
We said last week that we are what? Unique, we are special. And if you are unique, you are special. I mean, there's something good in you because we are created in God's image. Yeah? So you are unique. There's something special. You never say, as for me, there's nothing good about me or in me. It's not true. If God created you, believe that. It means you are unique, you are special, there's something special about you. And the 1 Corinthians 12, 18 is saying that God, talking about the human body, which is the same thing as the body of Christ, has wished and saw fit, I don't know your version, and with best adaptation, where each of the body limbs or parts should be. Which means that God sees fit in this church where you should be at this moment. Do you understand that? You might think that it's man, but God sees fit that at this moment in life, in life centers life, God sees fit that Harold should be, say, Pastor John second in command. A time can come, God will see fit and he can change it. you understand that? So God sees fit where each and every one of us should be. Because God will not come directly to you. If you're under a leader, the leader will say, I want you to do this. A father will tell the child, you, the child will say, no, daddy. The daddy will say, I'm your dad. What I say is what you do. I'm your mom. Is that not correct? It's the same way God will speak through the pastor or the leaders. I feel or I think you should be here. When you think you should be here. But the leader thinks you should be here. So God sees fit where each and every one should be. Amen. And we said what? Number one, what did we say? Ask not what your church can do for, but what you can do for. The scripture is basically, blessed are they that what? Give. Or it's more blessing to give than what? Receive. So that quotation or that phrase statement people make from the Bible. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Then we said, two, what do you do? Who remembers? Number two. Wow. Uh -huh. Pray for your leader or your pastor. Are we praying? Personally. Not they're praying together. Then what was that? the third one? The ministry of helps. And we said helps basically means a practical, giving practical aid or support to someone. So you see a need in the church. You don't gossip. You don't complain. We saw the six things or seven that God hates. But rather you solve that problem. Amen. You see an issue or you see a problem, a challenge, you don't complain. You solve it. It's very easy to find problems anywhere. Very easy. You can even get a degree in it. But to get a degree in solving problems is difficult. So that's what we said. So we want to continue today. Number four. Number Number five, rather. Follow through with commitment. And I said I'm talking from this book. 
So it's not something new. And I will not finish it today. So I will encourage us, those who are interested, you, 12 ways, and I believe there's more. Somebody thinks it's 12 ways, but there might be more. To be a blessing to your local church. Follow through with commitment. Follow through with commitment. When you say that you will do something, you must carry it through. No procrastination. No excuses. When you commit to do something, you must follow it through. If God was not committed to saying things to you, where do you think you and I will be? If Jesus had not followed through coming to die for you and I, where would we be? Amen. So when you commit to something, you must carry it through. But in saying that, you must, you know the scripture that says to balance it, who, when he's going to build a house, will not sit down first and do what? Count the cost. So you don't commit to something, you cannot what? Carry it through. But if you open your mouth, Pastor John, I will do X, I will do B. You have to carry it through. It's not before Pastor John. It's before God. If your mind is a human being, then you are living a lie. Because it has implications. Even at your workplace. All I'm saying apply to your family, workplace, friends. If you say something, let your yes be and your no be. Count the cost. By saying that, please, please, don't, take, don't hide behind that. They, hide, they count the cost. You know people can do that. Everything, I've counted the cost. I can't do it all. Harold, I've counted the cost. I cannot do it. I've counted the cost. Hey, to do that. Hey, it's more a Ghanaian. It's a Ghanaian thing, yeah? Hey, say hey. Uh-huh. If you two come, we are Caribbean. You do yours, then we follow. Amen. Mm-hmm. Hey. Don't hide behind that thing. Don't hide behind counting the cost. Say this. Jesus says, pray without. Let's count the cost. Hey, God, minus eight. You want me to get up and pray? You are counting the cost, isn't it? Reasonable. Mm. God, I slept late. You know, the children, A, B, C, D. So, understand. It's true. Count the cost before you commit to anything that Pastor John, Harold, myself, whoever asks it, or Chichi, any heads of department asks you to do. But don't hide behind it. But the point is that when you commit to something, you must carry it through. Don't give excuses. When you do that, as in do the right thing, you are helping your local church. When we say church, we, we are a body, you are a part, you are a leg, a hand. The parts that we cover 
as men and women that nobody sees. So we don't see you in the public. You don't, we don't see you like you see me standing here. But behind the scenes, your work is even more important. Don't give excuses. Carry it through. The commitment. When you say you'll be on time, you'll be on Amen. Because when you do that, you are being a blessing to the local church. Let's go to Psalm 15, verse 4. Psalm 15, verse 4. Being a blessing to your church. Are we there? Psalm 15, verse 4. Reading from the Amplified again, classic. In whose eyes a vile person is despised, but he, he who honors those who fear the Lord, that is, who revere and worship him. Look at the last one. Who swears to his own head and does not change. He's not talking about God. If you from the beginning, verse 1, this person can swear to his own hurt. Sometimes you commit to something, it will hurt you. It's painful. It's hard work. Look at verse 1. So that you see. Lord, who shall dwell in your tabernacle? Who shall dwell permanently on your holy hill? Then he begins to describe. He who walks and lives uprightly. And blamelessly, who works righteousness and justice and speaks and thinks in the truth in his heart. He does not slander with his tongue, does, nor does evil to his friend, or takes up a reproach against his neighbor. So it goes on. Then you come to the verse 4. This person who would dwell in God's place, in his heart, eyes, a vile person he despises and he honors those who fear the Lord and he swears to his own hurt and does not change. Means that something you must make commitment to God and it will cost you but carry it through. Don't give excuses. It means that sometimes for you to grow let's say in prayer you must increase the time. Your Bible study. The way you can watch telly for six hours. Know the series back to back. You start it, you finish. I don't know which, which is your favorite. All of us, you know, we watch. But if you are watching, do you ask yourself, the amount of hours or time you spend on that, do you use the same for God's word? You open the Bible, shaka, now you are sleeping. You must swear to your own hurt. But count the cost. So you need a spirit. So it's like husband and wife. The pastor asks you to do something. Discuss with your wife or your husband. Can you, can I commit to this? It's reasonable. It is very reasonable, isn't it? But sometimes when God wants to do something, you have to know what the spirit is saying. Other than that, you will miss him. 
there's something unique about you. He wants to use it to be a blessing to all of us. Don't give excuses. Commit and finish it, the race. But always count the cost. But it takes the Holy Spirit to help you to know and taking counsel from others whether you are able to commit to it. Okay. I've got here something that because they are volunteering in church and not getting paid, they drop the ball. I believe that it's not like that here. Amen. Some people think like that. Because they are not paid, they give a certain attitude. So the commitment slacks. They don't finish what they start. But if you are a child of God and you want to be a blessing to the body that you belong to, carry out the tasks that you have been given to the end. Amen. God does not delight in the slothful or the lazy or people who give excuses. Check with me Proverbs chapter 10 verse 4. We are letting the scripture talk to us. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 4. He becomes poor who works with a slack and idle hand. You will be poor spiritually. And even Proverbs is talking more practical issues. Financial. If you are a lazy person. You know, back some years ago, I don't know here, when business people in the church employs Christians within the church, most of the comments they hear or you hear them say is that Christians are the most laziest. They can crumple your business. Because of the attitude. Because they know you. You are in the same church with them. So they begin to take you for granted. Some parts of the world, I don't know, here. You will be poor if you work with a slack and idle hand. Proverbs 12, 24. The hand of the diligent will rule, but the slothful will be put to forced labor. It means if you carry commitment through, it brings promotion. You rule. Leadership. If you carry through commitment with time, they see it. Wow, I like this guy. He's very diligent, very faithful, committed. They're not even looking at your skill. I would like to make you the head. Skill, you can be trained. You believe that? So let's carry through our commitment. Let me see whether there are practical ones here. The, one, the next one we are coming to, I think it's a bit, I like it. Submit with style. And always smile. Submission. Hmm. Submit. Say with me. Submit. Again, submit with style 
and smile. I don't know which style. I don't know. Either. Submit with style and with sub and with smile. Do you know there's a difference between submission and agreement? Always apply it in marriage, friendship, in church. Pastor John comes an idea. Chichi comes up with an idea. Oh, I like it. I like it. That is an agreement. She comes up with an idea. Hmm, I don't like it. That is submission. Whether you can submit to that. Submission doesn't necessarily mean that you agree with the leader. You must submit with style and always smile from the heart. You will not always like what I will say, but you do it. Because if you don't, you are sowing for your future. There is nowhere you will be under somebody you will always agree with what they do. You think everything Pastor Jones says to me, I will agree? But you've got to learn to submit. And it's hard, husband and wives. When you say submission, when it comes to marriage, then some tentacles goes up, you know. The feminism and all this stuff. Do you know it's in the Bible that even submit to the leader who is unreasonable and harsh? If you check the Greek meaning, it's like a tyranny, a tyrant. But the Bible says submit. Are you wiser than God? I'm not saying if you are getting abuse, we are not talking of that. You've got to be wise. Amen. But the Bible says submit. So to be a blessing to your local church, don't be proud, arrogant, but submit to the leadership of the church. If you know you can't submit in that church, find a church and go where you think you can submit. It's very important. Because other than that, you create problems spiritually in that group. Because you become a cancer. And cancer will spread. Because with time, you will influence people. All of us have somebody we influence. Somebody likes us. And somebody can observe you from afar. And because they like your attitude and you are not submitting, they will think, especially if they, they hold you up above them, they will pick up your attitude. So if you think you cannot, so it's like marriage. If you think this man I'm going to marry, I can't submit. Don't marry them. But once you marry, you've got to submit. It's simple as that. Don't try and, I've explained, abuse and, yeah, that one, yeah. You've got to move from that covering. But let us submit with style and always smile. Like I said, most of the ideas you might not agree. I don't like the way you want us to go and do this. But the pastor says, this is what I want us to do. Prayer. Why are we not going to the community? Prayer. Submit. Because if you don't, one day you'll be up there. And the same thing will be happening to you and you will not understand. Unfortunately, you will forget. 
the sin of forgetfulness, you will forget. Sometimes your skin, those of us who are close to Pastor John, but you must learn to submit. Amen. Let me show you something. Because of submission, how do you feel when you are corrected? Do you get offended? Why did you do that? A, B, C, D. Even the pastor might not have all the facts, but at that moment he will make a comment. Can you submit? Do you know the classic example? Hannah, first Samuel chapter 1. Looking for a child for years. Yes. Then one day she was praying, praying, praying. It gets to a point it's like no words were come. Her lips was just moving. And the pastor who is not in the spirit, some pastor who is very fleshly, who his sons are out of order. And she knew, Hannah knew, because the sons were sleeping with women. When you bring your tithe offering, they will grab, bring it. Those days was meat. They would take the best meat and chop it. You no know, cook it, you no know, with uh, shahim, with pepper, and they would enjoy. And they were sleeping with the women in God's house. Hannah knew. Then the pastor comes, says, "Stop drinking." Without information, what will you do? She said. I am not drunk. It's the, my heart, my soul is in a certain place. And because of her submission to that, the man of God words to her, may God grant you your request. Amen. And the Bible says that year, or the following year, she gave birth. Can you submit if you are corrected? Even if Kabna, Harrod, Pastor John may not have all the information. We are talking of you. Don't forget about the person. I'm saying Hannah knew what Eli's sons were doing. But he comes and says, Why are you drunk, woman? What you and I would do today? How dare you? Is it not true? We will retaliate. We will say very. Yeah, but she submitted with style. Can you submit? When asked to do something you don't want to do, but you, want, you will do it with a good attitude. You don't want to do it, but we say do it. Can you submit? Or you want to bring democracy, my rights? Again, if the leader balances it, you know from their heart they are not abusing you. But all they are asking you is do A, B, C. And you don't want to do it. Can you submit and do it? Or you are always, I will not, I will insist on my way. Oh no. Ah, he's wrong. 
Then you go home, pick up the phone. Ah, did you hear what he said, what she said? How? You are not helping your local church. Submit with style and always smile. The next one. Let me read this. You really haven't submitted until you disagree. You really haven't submitted until you disagree. You know, we say that never tell a poor person he or she is humble. It's when you get a certain success, however you define that success, then we'll truly know whether you are humble or not. When you are poor or you don't have, let me not use poor, you do whatever, you come to church, you pray. I'm talking of the Christians. But when the money comes or some success, promotion, work, oh, pastor, oh, this, then you can, no, you travel more than the pastor. You sit in first class. Your exposure is far. The whole church even salary put together will not even catch up with yours. Can you submit to the person who has even got a job but he's your leader in the church? Or you are always complaining. Look at First Peter two eighteen. First Peter two eighteen. Submission is very difficult, isn't it? You who are household servants, be submissive to your masters with all proper respect, not only to those who are kind and considerate and reasonable, but also, I'm reading from the Amplified Classic, but also to those who are overbearing, unjust, and crooked, This is the word of the Lord. I don't need to explain it to you. Let it speak to your heart. Number seven. Recognize the trap of familiarity. You are being a blessing to your church. Those of us who are very close to Pastor John, or you are close to your head of department, you go to their house. You see some part of their life. Those of us close to Pastor John, I was telling my life group, you will see weakness. Weak, when I say weakness, the weakness that you think you have, sometimes there's is more. Don't allow familiarity to cause you to speak a certain way. Or behave a certain way. It is a privilege that you are close to them. Or you've seen some part of their life. Oh, these pastors. Hmm, we've given birth. They don't appreciate it. We have to do A, B, C, D. And they are still asking us to do. They, their children have grown. So they don't understand it. You understand what I'm saying? Familiarity. 
you go to the pastor's house or the leader's house, you are shocked. Hey, is this the person I hold in high esteem? Saying that on the phone or saying that to the wife or husband? Or talking that way? Don't allow exposure even to their children and you see certain things. Don't allow your closeness to them to cause you to behave a certain way. Amen. Amen. Please, it's very, very important. Remember the two children who went and saw their father drunk? Was it Noah? Hmm. Familiarity. Are you uncovering the nakedness of your pastor, your leader, or you are covering it? Remember I said they are human or we are human. Nobody's perfect. But God has placed them there for a reason. Your job, my job, to help the church is not to be taken by familiarity. It's a spirit and it's very dangerous. Do you remember David and Saul? David worked or played the, I don't know, today guitar or for Saul. So David knew, and David was very close to Jonathan, Saul's son. But let me, let me fast forward. Even to the extent when Saul died and Jonathan died, David sang a powerful, glorious, exalting song for, on behalf of Saul and Jonathan. Oh, I'm, I'm glad he's dead. I'm glad he's been caught. I'm glad they've caught him or her. Even when Saul had tried to kill him, very clear, and he died, you and I should be happy. But David said no. How are the mighty, he describes Saul, mighty, Somebody who wants to kill you. Today, maybe not a killing. Worse. Gossiping, gossiping upon gossiping. Saying things you've not said. Then something bad happens to them. Hallelujah. Thank God. Jubilating. That is not David. And I'm talking it in the context of you are close to them. You know something about them. Don't allow familiarity. Please, let us be a blessing to our local church. Amongst ourselves, our leaders. They might seem unreasonable. I might seem unreasonable to you at a particular time or moment in this life of Life Center. But don't allow that to cause you to sin. It's a chain. We are a body. If you think somebody has done something you don't like, you go and tell them. If they still, you submit. You've done your bit. Leave them to God. It is not your place to judge them. Amen. Amen. Steps to keeping your heart right. Pray for your leader and ask for forgiveness. Do not undermine your pastor's decisions. Keep your opinion to yourself. 
Say, I will keep my opinions to myself unless you are asked by the leadership. You know when you have a better way and because you have a better way, it gives you an attitude. It will. Because in your mind, you disagree. Again, submission and agreement. You disagree. So you talk back in meetings or indirectly, very nice way, you argue. And you keep arguing the same issue when it comes up. If the leader hasn't asked you, it's like a business. If the, 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 the founder or the manager, your boss, hasn't asked you for your opinion, keep your opinion to yourself. If he wants it, he, she wants, she will ask you. It's simple as that. Trust me, sometimes when you are at the top, it's easy for you and I to tell Pastor John, oh, this way. You don't think it goes to my head. It goes to his head. Oh, it does. And sometimes I have to repent. You know, you tell your wife, I think Pastor John, this, this is the way. Ah, I don't understand. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> then I tell my wife, please, hey, hey. It's no good. Yeah, yeah, God, what I'm doing is no good. You should be telling me. There is that temptation. Because of familiarity. You will not do it. But if you get close to somebody, you let down your guard. Because the leader, because he trusts you, he lets down his or her guard. So you see everything about them. And it's easy to destroy that relationship because of the spirit of familiarity. Amen. Refuse to speak negatively about your pastor, his wife, and his family. Learn to receive correction without feeling attacked or rejected. You should be able to, it's difficult. Try and always separate yourself from the issue. So when we, we say we don't like your idea or we want to shelve your idea for the next 20 years, don't take it personal. Don't I? They shouldn't take it personal. You can bring ideas. I can go with ideas to Harold because I've noticed he has a better one. I don't fight it. I would take it. In my head, I was like, ah, Harold. <laughs> Not that I'm under him or he's under me, but I just allow it. It's, a, it's neither here or there. I'm talking of familiarity. You understand that? So please, if your idea is shelved, it can be very good. It may be the way for the church to go. Maybe. Maybe. But the leader says, no. You remember there's a story by John Bevere. He used to work for Benny Hinn. And Benny Hinn said, no, we want to have a youth department, youth people in the church. So he was given that task. For months, I think six, three to six months, he visited churches. And learned the way to deal with the youth, to you know, grow the youth. He had plans. He was excited. He prayed. Everything was ready. I mean, ready to lunch. Then the meeting, Benahim comes. You know the way he talks those times? The Spirit of the Lord is telling me we should cancel the youth. John Bever, Bever, he couldn't believe what he was hearing. I said, hold on, Pastor. I am, I am, I'm, I didn't, I'm not sure I heard with you. Did you? S-? 
The Spirit of the Lord is telling me. That was the answer. It went on for 20 minutes in the meeting. Pastor's meeting. Back and forth. And the answer he was getting, the Spirit of the Lord is telling me we should cancel it. He was so offended. But he took his wife, thank God for women and our wives, to put him in the right. Other than he would have been damaged. His ministry would not be where it is today. It's blessing you. Because he learned to submit. But he was boiling. He went to the car park. Did you see what he did? Huh? After three months, six months, hard work, he said, the spirit of the Lord. Your husband says, I don't like the idea. Submit. And it happens that he goes and hits his face with the family, boom, to the wall. I told you, don't do that. Be quiet and hold him. So in this case, hold Pastor John. You said it. And the church, you realize that he realized that we went to the wrong place. Pastor John, I said it, you see? You should have listened to me. It's not good. Lift him up in prayer. God, what can I do to help my pastor? Amen. What was that point? Familiarity, yeah? I will finish with this. I think my time is up. The other point is overcome offenses. We are not a perfect church. Offense will come. Whether you like it or not, it will come. I will offend you. Even this preaching might be offending somebody. The lady wrote in the book. Somebody is reading the book. She says, they are getting offended. Then she says, smile. Then she says again, you should sow a seed into my life. <laughs> smile. Because you might read it, you might not like it. But it's the truth. Offenses will come. You ask me, everybody has expectations. So if it's not met, you get offended. Let me read you the offenses. How will I finish here? Yeah? Very interesting. And don't allow people to talk negatively about your church. Don't entertain it. Don't. I don't know how, but find a way to be nice. If you want, you can be very straight with them. You tell them, hey, don't. But some of us will be quiet and you realize that we are not interested. So offenses. My pastor doesn't recognize my gift. You're offended then they will leave the church. I don't have a special seat. We are not big, so you don't recognize that. It's a big thing in big churches or conferences. If the pastor does not put a member or somebody in front, you have no idea. The politics. My pastor isn't giving me enough attention. You're offended. The people aren't friendly enough in CLF, Life Center. You're offended. So you are leaving the church. They don't see my gift. Eh? 
I've got this gift and everybody's bypassing me. You get offended. They don't use me the way they should. I feel like I'm being taken for granted. The services are too long. The spirit is not moving. The spirit is not moving. It's too long. Offense. I should be up there singing. Christine, somebody wants your position. I, in Jesus' name, it's not here. Pastor John will say it's for somebody who listen to the tape somewhere. I should be up there singing instead of that person. If I were the pastor, I would do things differently. Thank God you are not the pastor. You have no idea. Go and like those who own their own companies. So I will end with this. But there's more. Overcome offenses. Speak faith-filled words over your church. Invite people to church. Be a consistent giver. Reach out to others. That's what to do with witnessing. You are being a blessing to your church if you do these things. Amen. And once again, if you are interested, please, you can buy the book, 12 Ways to Be a Blessing to Your Local Church. And it's written by a woman, not a man, for you to think that somebody is very chauvinistic or something. It's a woman who wrote it. And I'm using it, so it's blessing me. Amen. Because sometimes you have to refer to these things to keep you in check. Amen. Shall we be on our feet?